0: and welcome to episode three of the government and politics society podcast uh i'm tyke i'm a member of the government and uh, politics society committee uh and today on episode three we'll be talking about refugees uh with me here to talk about them is the chairperson of the ucc falter refugee society if you'd like to introduce yourself
1: hi i'm maya i'm the chairperson of this year's society.
0: Uh, Okay, but before we kind of launch off into the, uh, the topic of the day, we're just going to cover the events which have kind of transpired uh, since our last episode. And uh, it's been a while, but uh, that means a lot of crazy shenanigans have gone down, uh, especially regarding... So we've had the entire election, which has had everything from uh, some really bad publicity stunts. Uh, there was talk of uh, Searsha McHugh bringing out the guillotine... I
1: uh, did not hear about you that. You didn't hear about that? I didn't hear oh, that about was, that. Oh, that. Was,
0: that was a big thing. She did an interview, I think, for Joe.ie, uh, where she advocates the return of the guillotine. Uh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, wow. maybe, maybe maybe not. Uh, that That's taking a bit out of context, but uh, yeah. I'll have
1: to read up about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we had some interesting
0: manifestos. We've had an interesting result.
1: Yes, yes, that'll be interesting.
0: Um, uh, a lot of talks on at the moment about coalitions uh, grand coalition of the left Yeah. bit of a pipe dream but they're, they're, yeah. they're reaching for it
1: they are, I heard, was it yesterday that the social democrats have refused a meeting with oh, I don't know which one it was, it was either Fianna or Fianna Fall
0: yeah that's sending like, a message it not, really going is.
1: To, not going to bother with one
0: of them I'm not sure which mm. uh, and uh, in, in broader news, outside Ireland, we've had uh, the, uh, the coronavirus. Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, one of the uh, the big news stories, uh, especially with regards to the, the fear and panic over it. spread. I don't... Because we've had similar stories like this before, with yeah. Ebola and swine flu. It
1: hasn't really reached Ireland, Ireland. as much. But then again, when swine flu um, uh, came around, I was much younger, so probably didn't see most of the news on it probably didn't have as much of a you know
0: impact impact
1: on like day to day life and stuff but I don't know there was another one as well there was another one Um, so I remember a couple of my friends no it was swine flu actually yeah a couple of my friends got swine flu yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah Uh, and that's a good point actually because it hasn't really reached us here in Ireland there's talk of a couple uh, Irish Irish tourists uh, on a cruise ship uh, who might have contracted it, but it's it's not really affecting our our island. Yeah. Uh, and so, I'm I'm not even sure myself in terms of severity where it matches up with regards to yeah. the the previous experiences we've had with uh, epidemics, if we want to call it that. I'm not sure about the yeah, exact term.
1: media hype is a lot more of a thing now. Like, mm. like I can't remember when swine flu actually kind of came came about, but I don't remember as much media like. But I might not have been as active an internet user then. Either. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's true. Uh, the internet
0: plays a big part uh, yeah. in, the, in the spreading of stories, and uh, I, I think now this could just again be Ireland not being in the direct line of fire with this, yeah. but uh, I think the media are being a bit more responsible than this than they were with Ebola.
1: A little bit, yeah. I do think what is a little bit worrying is, on one sense, they're being very like objective, and on another sense. There's also a lot of it's reflecting really badly on people who are coming from from those areas, and they're getting a really hard time, especially mm. in Ireland. Like if you look at I don't know some of the some of the social media and stuff, and the people that what people are saying is mm. is horrible. Mm.
0: And it's, it's there so will even, always be yeah. an, an element of uh, of of discourse one way or another about things spinning it towards a particular agenda. Yeah. Uh, and then i suppose to bring it from the international level to a, a way more local level uh here in ucc oh. Oh, uh, yes. as of yesterday <laughs> Lovely. uh the uh, the rent hikes and yeah this was this was kind of seen coming down the tunnel mm. uh we've there was there was talks about all the various uh, nui's uh, raising their on uh, their on campus accommodation costs uh to the point where the uh, Sinn Fein uh, housing spokesperson wrote to all of the uh, the NUIs in advance. Oh uh, dear. Yeah.
1: Uh. Yeah, it's worrying because like I feel like education is becoming more and more inaccessible for people. And like it's expensive enough as it is already. And I feel like yeah, hike up the rent, but like. <sighs> Don't um, for one, and I feel like especially UCC could be focusing on much more important issues. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if like rent hikes are like you know. In an ideal world, I'd love it if they were on the side of the students. Um,
0: And and you can see why they aren't because this has been a big thing: the underfunding of uh, third level education. Uh, And but the the reason the well, well, the will, uh, will say reason the reason that they're giving for these rent hikes is the improvement of the accommodation itself, uh, which is fine. But from who I've been talking to,
1: yeah, I don't know if that will actually happen. There's a lot of empty promises when it comes to accommodation.
0: And so, are are they? Is there is there a bit of being disingenuous? If they if they if they do need the money uh, and they're not getting it from the government, that they have to take it from the students. And, uh,
1: mm, yeah. I'm, I don't know, because I'm only a second year, so I'm not really, and I've never lived in UCC accommodation.
0: Neither have I, actually, so that's a good point. Yeah. I,
1: I don't know much about the intricacies that do occur within the university in terms of why they do things like that. I don't think it's really very... I do think it's quite a bit of an increase, because um, it's already been going up so much in the last couple of years anyway. And then when you have the rent hike come up again it's it's becoming a very very expensive place to live in in Cork
0: it is it is uh, but to, to kind of bring it back onto topic the topic for today is uh, refugees uh, and you've been heavily involved in refugee advocacy uh, and activism for how long
1: okay so when I was when I was I think it was four no is when I started to secondary school time gets a little hazy must have been when I was about 16 um, in transition year Um, I was still am but heavily involved with the YMCA um, as one of their youth advocates and annually there's a summit um, organised by the National Youth Council of Ireland and they usually follow different topics and this was kind of around when 2015 2016 when you know the, the so-called, you know, the, the refugee crisis, um, for want of a better kind of description, um, happened. And I'd never really learned about refugees and asylum seekers before. I knew people fled because of things, but I didn't really know anything about it. And I went to this summit and they had a narrative exchange kind of world cafe set up. And it was, you'd sit, you'd sit in a circle and someone would tell you their story. And they had people from from different countries, from different walks of life. Some were migrants, some were asylum seekers, some had got their refugee status. Some families were refugees and they were born in Ireland. And I think, you know, when you meet someone face-to-face, it becomes a lot more personal because the only, the only thing, imagery I'd seen was of masses of people or um, like that really... Um, awful picture of that child washing up on the beach
0: Um, and that was my
1: experience up until then of um, the issues that refugees and asylum seekers were facing and after that I was like whoa, I've been living in pure ignorance Um, there's really serious things happening and it's actually happening in Ireland and I um, after that I I wrote (laughs) I wrote to my local TD um, Michael Collins and I was like I really want to learn more, and I want to try and do something, I want to help, I can't find any information online, is there somewhere I can do work experience, or I've got two weeks off, I want to do something, and I ended up um, going to a coffee morning um, in Clonakilty with the friends of the asylum there, and that was, that that just, they they hooked me in, Um, they were the sweetest people ever, and... I kind of never really left the area. Really lovely community. Really warm, welcoming community.
0: And so that's been your experience of uh, the the topic of refugees, yeah, uh, in Ireland. Uh, and so refugees, it's a big topic uh, yeah. in modern times. Mm. And I mean, there's there's a lot to that. There's a lot to unpack there. I mean, we yeah. live in a more globalized world. It's it's easier to travel. Uh but we also live in a, a very uncertain world. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's all of these events going on, uh war zones, persecution, environmental issues, yeah. And all of this contributes uh to what again, for lack of a better term, uh the refugee crisis or yeah. that's how it's been perceived, especially in Europe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you see the thing is it's like it's not really necessary the inf- the amount of people coming in the density almost I suppose is more than we're used to but people have been migrating for years and people have been seeking refuge for years um, it's, it's kind of a cycle or a circular kind of thing um, migration then it could be due to people are moving due to war then that creates environmental issues the environmental issues uh, cause conflict, conflict causes migration and it kind of goes in a, in, a, in a circle and it's very hard to pinpoint what the actual causes are or where it actually starts but a lot of people they, they want to put a face on it and I feel like they see these people coming in and they're like, they're the reason we're having these problems um, and in media, everyone wants to have someone they can blame um, if there's no one, they can blame them. Why, why are they talking about the issue kind of thing? Um, and I feel that I'd say I feel like that's a, one of the reasons it's become so big is that there was a lot of negativity about it. Um, you know, you've got people like jeez, you've got some really questionable people saying some really questionable things, um, especially if you think about what Donald Trump was saying about
0: The wall, Stuff like
1: that. And in the long run of things, I think having migration is a really good thing because I don't understand how a country can develop and grow if it remains the same Mm. and it remains the same, just the same people. Um, Like, obviously, my accent, UK. um, Not from the UK, but living in an area in West Cork where it's a complete melting pot of different cultures and different people and... I love that I think I would much rather live among people who have from different cultures and religions because I can learn from them they can learn from me and I feel like as a country we develop so much better that way Mm. but I'm very idealistic
0: Uh, yeah that's very fair and um, uh, I think you mentioned something really interesting there with America and we I kind of mentioned Europe there as well Uh, in terms of like how what how would you, the, the reaction of the, the states or groups yeah. uh, taking in, or the prime destinations basically if mm. uh, we want to put it that way uh, I mean, you said yourself you, you want to live in like a, a, a multicultural society Yeah. Uh, and it, in, in America there's been a lot of discourse about going back to what we were it's not even about staying the same it's about going back to make America great again um, yeah.
1: There were so many issues with America when it was great. Great, yeah. This is, this um, is the thing.
0: And Europe doesn't really have that legacy yeah. of. Europe is very much going forward in terms of creating its identity, yeah. whereas America has a legacy. And so, there's uh, how they treat migrants in that regard is really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I, like I've never been to the states. I've never really seen it firsthand, but from reading about it and, like, seeing, like, video footage, it's brutal. I, I, like, if I ever went over there, I'd be worried myself about the reaction just because the stories I've heard about, like, separating children from parents, mm. it just, it just seems so inhumane, like, and I don't see how that benefits the state either to do that. It's... It just doesn't make sense. Nothing they do makes, makes sense.
0: sense. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose part of the whole uh, separation of children from adults, it's, it is, is—it is, uh, I, I, I put it down as like dehumanizing. They're dehumanizing the, the migrants simply because, okay, you are uh, an adult migrant. This is a child migrant. Separate, divide, typify, yeah. process them through a system. And that's if they're getting processed at all. It's it's holdings and deportations is the process, really.
1: Yeah, it, it all stems back to how they actually, the the reception they have. Like, one of the issues, one of the reasons we've had so many issues in Europe is because they haven't got, like, a decent way of treating people when they come into a country. Um, it's it's ridiculous, and it's, it's dehumanising. Like, these people are... Uh, a refugee is someone who is um, has left their country, is fleeing due to fear of persecution, um, due to race, um, religion, um, social class. Like it, it could, there's, there's, it's. They are fleeing reasons. They yeah. and it, you don't have to be fleeing persecution. You're allowed to flee for fear of persecution. So the fact that, that people are coming in from horrible experiences and we're like do you know what we're going to put them away until we can find a better way to deal with them like, it's just there's no empathy you can't or compassion with, there
0: you can't really do that with humans with yeah, individuals yeah it's,
1: it's, it's, it's horrendous like I, I just don't understand how why countries haven't like because it's obviously presenting more and more issues like you can see in like some of the border countries in Europe that it's put a massive strain on resources but if they had a, be- like, again, I'm very ideological. I, I have a great idea of like what would be brilliant. Um, but I know there's, it's more complicated than that. But the systems that countries have, I just, they just don't appear to be practical in a way of practical for themselves, and they're putting pressure on themselves. But at the same time, they're also heavily impacting um, people's lives at the same time, and it just, they just seem, it just seems really bad. It just. Doesn't make a lot of sense the way people deal with mm. deal with reception.
0: And I guess in the European context as well, we have to remember the kind of situation where Europe sees itself, in as much as the uh, the economic crash,
1: yeah,
0: uh, and the strain that that put on countries, and then the reactions countries have had to the European Union and how they dealt with that crisis. Yeah, arguably at the expense of some of the member countries. I know Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Greece uh, is on the forefront of the uh, the, the migration issue coming yeah. out of the the Middle East because a, of the the war there.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the countries that are feeling the, the the worst of it almost, or having the most pressure put on themselves, aren't necessarily the most responsible. Um, f- a lot of the issues that are causing people to flee are deeply rooted in European colonialism. Like mm. that is that appears to be the root of the deep, deep set root of most of the issues that many of the countries are happening is because of the 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 big European the powers exploitation
0: of resources <laughs> yeah. historically the division of land historically
1: yeah, and I feel like there's a, a very little responsibility being taken for that um, and then, you know, the border countries, They're they're the smaller ones, the ones with maybe less economic kind of power, they don't have as much, they are having to deal with everything. Um, but yeah, it's a complicated situation.
0: It's, it's interesting that you term that in terms of responsibility, because uh, one of Europe's main uh, approaches to the situation was cutting a deal with Turkey. Turkey would take and hold refugees uh, trying to get into Europe, uh, essentially. Uh, And so, it's not even—I wouldn't even uh, say—member states behaving irresponsibly, because I think nation states—they don't feel responsible because there's the whole idea of citizenship, and this is crucial when it comes to refugees. Uh, States are responsible to their citizens, and that's how they feel about it. Uh, I know that. Macron in France was uh given a particularly rough time of it, uh casting stones essentially at Italy and Greece and oh, then yeah. when there was a boat adrift off Marseille, yeah. he refused to take it.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of that happening. Um no one it's it's very disjointed, I feel like, you know work together it'd be so much so, nicer yeah, so what,
0: what we're kind of saying here is everybody is basically passing the, passing the book around in a circle yeah. Uh, yeah rather than working together to find like a a, a solution if that anything that
1: isn't absolutely treating people horribly horribly um, because there are there are a lot of organisations doing you know good work and trying to rehabilitate and trying to make life easier but it's very difficult when the, the governing bodies aren't and especially when you're in like Central Europe where everybody's like next door neighbours, it's a little bit more difficult um, then again I suppose it does raise that, that people are more likely to be there's more accountability there maybe like in Ireland we're an island nation and getting away with absolutely shocking <laughs> shocking behaviour in terms of refugees and asylum seekers so I don't know it's, it's complicated, you're is complicated but. Europe is
0: complicated uh, yeah. if you take anything away from today uh. yeah because
1: I'd be more I'd be more um, I'd be more knowledgeable about the social kind of implications of trying to seek asylum and trying to um, build build a life in Ireland and stuff like that um, still learning about the European context because um, it's Every time I go to read about it, there's uh, there's no there's no like clear like outline of what's actually happening and why it's happening. It just it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, you have to you have to rely
0: on, on media for a lot of this, of course. Yes, and, uh, which is dangerous. It, it, it can be, uh, but it's really interesting because we're primarily talking here about the uh, existing pro- well, the the well, actually, it, I think they say that. The movement of people were over the most intense point of it now, yeah.
1: We are, yeah. Uh, I
0: think so. But uh, Europe again, uh, it has a, a long history with uh, migration, uh, and particularly if we look at issues which are still cropping up today. So, if we look in France, we have the the gilet noir, yeah. uh, and and we have uh, in Britain, the Windrush generation uh, and the deportations which were faced there of uh, citizens, or British citizens effectively, yeah. uh, back to the Caribbean and then in Gilets Noir, it's uh, a struggle for the rights and recognition of uh, the descendants of those workers who were effectively brought in from North Africa to rebuild yeah. France after uh, the, uh, after the Second World War. Yeah. So this isn't a new issue. No, uh, and we're still dealing with the uh, the impacts of uh, those issues from the last century.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, and so we really do need a better approach, essentially, if we're like yeah. so as not to be in that I situation think It's in a the matter future. of
1: education as well, because like uh, my first my first learning about migration essentially was was on off my own bat at an event specifically dedicated to it there's nothing in like the syllabus in secondary schools um in terms of history about about these things like i didn't know anything about that until i came to college um and i think that's dangerous um because if you don't know about something it's so much ignorance breeds fear and i feel like just general ignorance about different situations is one of the reasons that there is such a discourse about migrants refugees and asylum seekers is because people don't understand um there's a lot of confusion between um the definitions of people think migrants and refugees are the same thing so like no no, no it doesn't work no. like that um and the same with um you don't get your refuge like it can, um, an asylum seeker is the person who comes has to wait in in a reception place until they get their status hopefully refugee status mm. um, there's there's there economic migrants and migrants and different different types of migrants are very different to being a refugee
0: um, and it's all a subdivision of like the movement of people basically yeah. like this is so it, it's it's not clear cut black and white. You yeah. have to know like there's nuance there as to the status of
1: mm, of yeah. individuals. Yeah, I would I would have thought as well, especially considering like Ireland's history and that kind of thing, that there would be mention of who a refugee is, mm. um, who 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 a migrant is, um, and I I think maybe people need to take a little look at Irish history and maybe try and see wh- where we can fit it into the into the the curriculum um i would love if there was a bit more awareness um and you know hopefully that would create an aura of empathy because no one i've ever spoken to um about direct provision, about um just fundamental human rights um that aren't available for refugees in the sun especially in ireland no one's ever turned around to me and gone jesus they really deserve that Um, most people have turned around and went oh god I had no idea Mm. and then afterwards they're like what can I do is there anything I can do I want to do something Um, there's that positive that's positive to me I know there's some people out there that I probably that I can definitely think of some people I've spoken to who weren't particularly very nice but the majority the vast majority of people are like I had no idea are really upset about the fact they had no idea Want to change something so i think that's positive i think that's kind of a nice thing yeah
0: and so like we're kind of getting on to like ireland's experience of refugees here oh, uh yes. you, you mentioned it there uh our history and the big one is of course the famine yeah uh but it, it even extends beyond that if we're to we can make an argument in terms of persecution that the old Irish nobility and the flight of the wild geese and all that kind of stuff Basically, oh, yeah. various diasporas of yeah. Irish people being scattered across Europe and across the globe uh, we have a somewhat colonial legacy uh, from the time of Cromwell out in Montserrat mm. uh, yeah. uh, the, the second Emerald Isle uh, of course the Irish community in America and Canada yeah. uh, largely due to the famine Uh but not just that. Uh, and of course, uh, an Irish uh, history of Irish uh, migrants to uh uh the, the UK yeah. as well. Yeah. that's
1: how my family ended up over there. Yeah. Mm. Um I think actually during Oliver Cromwell's time they left mm, further up Ireland, not sure exactly where, mm. and ended up in Scotland. So okay. yeah, we traced it back that far. Yeah, no um yeah, especially I feel like Irish people got a really rough time. Mm. A horrible time in the States. And that like weren't treated particularly very well at all. And there was <laughs> it was racism there. It like, was racism. like no Irish people allowed above pubs and stuff. Um and I think maybe people forget that
0: sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of that, because uh, in, in that time frame, we're talking about the, the colonial period. I mean, yeah. early early 20th century, uh, it, was still, it was still the colonial period. People forget that like, we only enter like post-colonialism in around the 60s. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and a lot of that, there was uh, purposefully crafted narratives, especially in, uh, in Britain, Regarding uh, the superiority of certain groups oh, over yeah. others yeah. Uh, and of course a lot of that was developed around the Irish we have to remember that the whole concept of the potato in the British press was yeah. a lazy root grown in lazy beds by lazy people
1: Jesus uh, yeah.
0: and, and so purposefully crafted narratives to exist yeah uh, with, the, with the idea of creating discrimination for the benefit of others mm. uh, how relevant that is today there are yeah, elements out there there
1: are definitely elements yeah yeah no I I from like seeing some stuff like people that are there, like oh refugees are coming to steal our jobs like no that's,
0: that's not one that
1: while you're living in dark vision you have such limited access to to work as it is like the right to work technically exists realistically not many people can avail of it and most of the time people coming like they're not coming over to steal the jobs they're coming over because they have to it's Mm. not a matter of will i get a job in ireland it's i need to get myself and my family to safety Mm. um and i wish people would see that more than worry about whether they're coming to steal the jobs um what does concern me is there are a vast majority of people living in dark provision who ...who have studied... ...have spent years studying... ...are highly qualified individuals... Ireland could benefit a lot... ...from not leaving people there... Um, ...but there's also... ...it doesn't... ...shouldn't matter... ...whether people are qualified or not... Um, ...having them in there is ...is terrible... ...is terrible... ...but... ...yeah... ...there's a lot of people... ...they're like... ...they're coming to take... ...take our resources... ...and... ...you know... ...realistically, no... ...if the government... ...managed our resources... ...better... ...for one... There wouldn't be as many issues like with the homelessness thing. A lot of people are are like, "Oh, refugees are going to steal all our houses. We have plenty of houses to go around for everyone." Um, It's yeah, it's there's a yeah, there's a certain stereotypes definitely, (laughs) and you can see that when reading when I've been reading books, and you can see how that used to exist with Irish people. Um, For the I, I said. The vast majority, I feel, in Ireland are very welcoming. Um, I, like, down where I live, such a strong community of people um, from all different nationalities, and I really, really enjoy that. But, of course, with all places, there are some issues, deep-rooted issues.
0: And it's, it's really interesting that you, uh, you mentioned that whole thing around uh, housing, because that was actually uh, an incident about a week back with the protesters up in Dublin if I recall correctly uh, the building of I think 65 new houses
1: oh I uh, did hear about it I don't know much about it uh, um.
0: but I, I've heard that basically there was a, a protest uh, against part uh, against these houses because of the possibility that they might uh, house uh, people of foreign extraction basically oh
1: I I did hear about it. I haven't been up to date much with the news in the last couple of weeks because it was UCC's Refugee Week, so that, that te- essentially had my head in the sand for that week, um, but yeah I did hear about that, um, have <laughs> a little bit worrying. Um, it is,
0: and especially that uh, they are now considering delaying the work on those houses. Uh, that the what is essentially the racism of a group of people concerned about the misuse of housing is now stopping these houses being built at all
1: Yeah, it's there's been there's been a lot of that kind of thing going on recently, like there's the whole issue of they've been trying to build new dark vision centers, and then in certain places, small communities there's people being there's groups protesting that. They don't want new people coming in. They don't want foreigners coming in. And then there's people being like we don't want Dark Vision. Dark Vision centers awful. We don't want another one of those. And then there's the people <laughs> who are p- protesting saying that they don't want a Dark Vision center there because it's bad, but are actually protesting because they don't want people coming in. And then there's the people who are protesting that the government didn't even tell them it was happening. Um, and it's... there's there Every, was, Everybody
0: has an angle and you can never be yeah, too Yeah, sure.
1: and there was a lot of... There was a lot of people saying they were advocating for one thing and they most definitely were for not. Enough. There was groups set up... Um, uh, what was the title? I um, can't remember the name of the place, but it was the place um, against um against direct provision and um fake economic migrants um, coming something or other it was a long winded one but it had something like um false economic uh, that they wouldn't accept economic migrants i can't remember the yeah, sentence but i remember reading it yeah. and i was like what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, so yeah. with the housing and stuff, it is because it's such a serious issue in Ireland. Like we're talking about rent hikes, and talking about housing costs and stuff. It is really expensive as it is, and there's that pressure, and then there's the lack of housing, or oh, the the lack of adequate housing, I suppose. Um, and then it's people prioritising other people over others, and it's
0: yeah. All of these various issues. There. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of issues around. Because homelessness is such a serious, serious issue in Ireland at the moment. Um, hopefully, with whoever's in government, eventually, something Eventually, done. yeah. We're looking at um, perhaps
0: a 70-day window until we get a functioning oh, government. That's uh, wow. They're all dancing around each other, playing keep away. So mm, yeah. yeah,
1: I've been reading bits and pieces about them. Oh, God. Um, it should be interesting to see, because what happened there was something that hasn't happened before so I don't know if that might be a good thing mm. I don't know I, I hope it's a good thing I mean um, it's, it's hard to tell what will actually happen Yeah, it,
0: it's a new political reality basically yeah. what's after happening like it's fundamentally changed how things will work Yeah, because if if groups do decide to align themselves with Sinn Féin which is traditionally not the done thing yeah. once they've done it then there's no reason not to do it again
1: mm, yeah uh,
0: that kind of, and the same goes for Finnegale and Fianna Fáil aligning themselves yeah. with each other because we got to remember as much as both of them object to aligning with Sinn Féin yeah. they also object to aligning with each other because once they align with each other there's no functional difference
1: yeah, this, this yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, especially where I was a very strong rural area mm-hmm. um, interesting seeing different people's perceptions of what will happen um, it's hard to speculate what will actually happen hopefully something
0: good hopefully something, something. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> something, something. Yeah. Uh, yeah 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 uh, and uh, yeah I think we might have to leave yeah. it there for today we yeah. have gone for quite a bit but we touched on some really interesting topics there and some food mm. for thought uh, uh, and so before we go I'd like to do a shout out to uh, two of the migrant groups who I know are doing sterling work uh, who is uh, Massey and Merge
1: Merge, yeah Mm. like everyone knows about Massey but not a lot of people know Know about about Merge Merge. yeah, Yeah, great group hopefully going to be doing something with them Um, yeah, no, Merge, great group Um, hopefully doing some work with them eventually um, Mm -hmm. in the next couple coming year maybe um, but yeah, they're good. Um, in terms of Cork, um, Better Together, Better together. Um, founded by a student here in UCC herself, um, Vera Stovinich, um, that works with women and children in dark vision, amazing, and the Cork Migrant Centre, who I didn't know existed until I came to Cork, but are like the ground, like they are the the roots of a lot of the good things that are happening in Cork for refugees, asylum seekers, and migrants lovely bunch.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh so I think we'll leave it there. So yeah, thanks cool. to thanks for listening uh to Govern Pod and uh hope to catch you in the next episode. So that's a, a goodbye from me.
1: Oh yeah, goodbye. Thank you for thank you for inviting me to have a little chat. Yeah.
0: No problem. Fun. Good to have you.
1: Yeah.